Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Ah, welcome to It Could Happen Here, a podcast about things falling apart and how to deal with that and hopefully take care of yourself and your people. Um, today, we have a returning guest, Carl Casarda from InRange TV. Um, now, Carl, every time you and I have, have chatted on a show together, it has been about firearms, which is obviously your passion and specialty. Well, one of your specialties. But today we're not talking at all about guns. Um, I mean, maybe here and there. But today we're talking about the thing that is has been your your career uh, uh, for what most of your working life. Fair to yep, say that's true. Yep. Um, you want to kind of walk through your background here because we're going to be talking about information security and like sort of the future of threats that are going to be like coming uh, throughout like the next few years of our lives. Obviously this year in particular, there's been a bunch of stories about like Russian attacks on digital infrastructure and vice versa. And that's always like pretty much has been something that's in everybody's back burner since we got the internet, usually through like questionable films with Sandra Bullock. Um, <laughs> I think net that was net, right? Um, yeah, the net, the, the net. net. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. Where they somehow hacked a car in 1998 or something. <laughs> Very well, you got to do that when you're flying through cyberspace with your VR right. helmet on and your, right. and your gloves. Right. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, you want to walk everyone through kind of what your actual background is in this industry first. Yeah, totally. So if, if anyone watches in Rangers watched it for a long time, you'll see this reflected in some of my content. Cause I do deal with some of this intermittently on the channel and it's definitely influenced how I approach my work there with the social media and all that. But so way back when I was like one of those kids that was in the hacker space and I grew up like trying to make computers and technology do what it wasn't designed to do and learn to make it do things it shouldn't have done for my own interests or others around me. Not, not in any really negative way, but like just a deep curiosity and how does this stuff work and being part of the, the early online community. We're talking pre-internet where you'd have like an acoustic coupling jack modem and you would dial in like war games. Yeah. And, like, literally plug your headset into the God. thing. I was uh, on boards like that way back when. We right? never should have gone past those days. Doing things wirelessly was such a mistake. Like I'm so pissed off that when I like sit down to research, I'm not like jacking into a gigantic box. Um, <laughs> like it that makes me livid. Like Shadowrun promised me that I was going to be like 
using one hand to shoot at the the approaching corporate security guards and have another hand on my like keyboard that I wear around my neck that I like plug into the wall to hack buildings. But well, hey, hey maybe someday we'll have neurological implants or wet wire implants brought to us by Monsanto that'll eventually God. get DRM and we'll just get shut off in our own rooms, right? From but, your but, mouth uh, to God's ears, Carl. Absolutely. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want my neural tissue tied directly to a corporation? Oh, but it, it, uh, fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I grew up in that space and it actually back then it naturally turned into a career. It wasn't like now. Nowadays, you pretty much have to go get a bunch of certificates and a college degree to even start looking in an InfoSec career. But back then, if you kind of yeah. had like skills with a Z at the end, yeah. you could get a job. And I landed up doing like help desk at this one company and landed up. They noticed that that's where my interests were. And I landed up becoming their information security architect over a couple of years. And that turned into a multiple decade career, pretty much culminating in working at a tier one internet backbone provider, doing sub C fiber optic, like routing, networking and DDoS mitigation and botnet control search and destroy. So it really turned into a really wide career, not only like what I started off, backbone internet, but like encryption, firewalls, application layer controls across the board for multiple corporations. So it was a weird and interesting space, but I don't really do that much anymore except on the side, but I've had a pretty exciting career with it. So I think probably a good place to start is just in general, because folks are always interested about this. What what do you what is your recommendation for people last? Like, what should I be doing to kind of protect myself as I force my head under the 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 constant stream of sewer water that is social media these days? Well, yeah, you know, the simplest thing and everything in InfoSec is always controversial, just like anything right, in life. Right. Any any I mean, recommendation you make, someone's gonna be like, but otherwise, or anyways, yeah. or there's a better solution. And there yeah. always is a better solution. But the realistic thing is when you talk to the average person, the average person isn't gonna sit there and hack a Linux box to have a better social media experience. That's just not realistic. So the best yeah. thing anyone can do, the simplest best thing is to get one of the trusted password managers. There's a number of them out there. I'm not going to recommend an individual one right now because anyone I recommend, someone's going to go, but there's another one. But mm -hmm. there's a few of them out there. Having a password manager and having a unique, difficult, complex password for every account you log into onto on the internet is the first number one thing you can do as an individual to protect your interests. Because if you're logging in with the same password monkey to Facebook, Twitter, and your bank account, that is a disaster waiting to happen. So the first thing you can do, password manager, passwords you yourself can't remember as a result. I allow the password manager to generate like 24 character long alphanumeric crypto nonsense. You put a gun on my mouth and say, what's your password to your bank? And I don't know. I mm -hmm. can't give it to you. I have no idea. And so that right there is the first thing any basic individual can do to protect themselves on the internet. That uh, is totally sensible. Um, I don't, I'm not great at password managers, but I never know what my passwords are and they're all different. And so my life is this constant stream of like needing to figure out what my password was uh, oh. and failing and resetting it. But it does mean that I change passwords regularly. Right, um, but what's so great about password managers is yeah. you can have passwords that you could never human remember and you yes. can have unique ones per website. Every website you log into could be unique. And by having it in this database that's properly encrypted with a key phrase or even dual factor, mm -hmm. then at that point means you literally just can cut and paste your passwords into things. You don't yourself know what they are. And if depending on your privacy levels, you can do that locally with local solutions with files like on your own machine. But frankly, a couple of the cloud-based solutions, as much as the cloud freaks people out, is the better one because it'll work on your phone. It'll work on your Absolutely. laptop. It'll work on everything everywhere. That makes total sense. Um, I think another good thing to get into while we're on this subject, we just started talking about passwords, and obviously it is important to keep and secure those. Um, I think one thing folks don't often think about, especially people who are activists, um, who who may foresee or have engaged in things that are legally questionable, don't think about enough is social media networking. Um, as And by which I mean having social media that like it is possible to to find your other social media by like knowing, you know, like having the same name and Twitter and on Instagram and stuff, um, having social media that like can be tracked across accounts. Um, most people would be surprised at how easy it is to do that. A at Bellingcat, a huge amount of tracking Nazis, tracking even like a, a ton of the what the work I did not do, but my colleagues did to like dock docs Russian like secret service agents and stuff was like 
oh, we found them in, you know, somebody, uh, their their boss's wedding, like they're tagged in this thing in VK. And from that, we were able to like find their uh, their account on this other site. And like from that, like now we have this like map of everywhere they've been for the last like three weeks. And we can like build this social map of their entire life. Yeah, no, by list, by just literally existing in modern space, mm-hmm. you're constantly leaking some form of metadata, right? You yeah. are you are always leaking metadata. And the more of it you allow to exist in the world, the more that's the case. So like, there's also, you got to think about what the threat is and what the risk is, right? There's the risk of the individual having a parasocial relationship with the internet, like I do as a content creator is one thing. People, there's always someone that wants to delve into your private life, but that's a right. very different risk than a nation state actor, right? Those are two different yes. things. And when it comes to a nation state actor, quite honestly, unless you're real good and have been doing it for a long time, the individual bluntly is kind of fucked to be the right word. As a general rule, your best security as an individual in that situation is the anonymity of the crowd. But when we're also not talking about most people who are threatened kind of by the state in that situation are not being threatened by the federal government, but they may have they may like be attending protests and not want the Louisville police to like put together that they're in an affinity group with people. And like something you can do for that is make sure you're not like if you have a personal account that's under your name with your friends, that account shouldn't be liking and sharing things from like a political account that you have or from the account of like a, a group that you're a part of or something like that. Like just try to think about and look at your your digital footprint from the outside and think, is it possible to connect me to people I don't want to be publicly connected to through this? And the minute you've breached that connection once, it's gone forever, right? This is forever. Yes. This is the same thing as like with phones, like someone will have like their regular phone, which by the way, all Mm -hmm. these smartphones are just surveillance devices in our pocket, right? Let's say you you go get a burner so that you Mm -hmm. don't want to be connected to the device that you normally use. On, On a level that's one step above the regular individual level, if you ever have those two devices emanating at the same time, they're now connected in a way that like, let's say the authorities can associate them together because of triangulation yes. and seeing a burner phone and your phone coming from the same house, you've breached all the privacy you would have had from your burner phone, for example. Now, Carl, do you have much to say on the subject of, because I know one thing I have seen people do, people who are you know, having conversations that they're concerned about is put bags in Faraday cages. And I've heard mixed things about how reliable Faraday bags and stuff are for actually stopping signals. Do you have much to say on that matter? My experience with that is not all not all bags that you can just buy off the internet are made equally. Um, right. So uh, what you want to do is test it. And you can only test it to a certain degree. But the really simple tests are you put it in the bag and you try to darn dial the darn thing or use any Wi-Fi connections to it. And that's a simple test. Now, is it as good as like, is it as good as not having the thing on you? Of course not. Leaving no. it somewhere else is always the best answer. But a yes. properly, in my opinion, a properly built Faraday box or cage or bag uh, that you've put some testing into is a pretty reliable solution. And it's, you know, there are, so a problem that you might encounter is, um, or that I, I have, so one thing I have heard people talk about is like, well, in order to have kind of a private conversation, we like drove to a specific location and we left our phones off in the car and then went on a walk. And the problem with that is that now you have both just driven to a location with those phones and those phones are associated with each other, Right. Right. Well, so first of all, you got to think of a world where all of this metadata is being collected at all times. So these phones right. and their associations in physical physical proximity to one another is stored somewhere at all times. Whether or not it's going to be resourced or accessible to the powers that be when they yes. want it to be, it's all there. My phone next to your phone next to that guy's phone. Those associations all exist. They're all talking to the same cell phone towers in the same area, giving them not only GPS coordinates, but triangulation data. Which, by the way, if you go way back to the hacker Kevin Mitnick, that stuff was going on back then before they had GPS using triangulation data to get him, right? So that stuff's all still happening and those associations occur. In regards to saying, I turned my phone off, how do you know that's off? Most of these modern phones, what does off mean? And yeah, okay, pull the battery. Maybe, but even then, I would not trust any of these devices in the regards to them, quote, being off especially things like phones that have yeah. unremovable or not removable batteries off is more like sleep than it is. Right. Off. Yeah. The, I mean, I think one of the worst things that's happened for personal security is the end of the phone where you can remove the battery, like <laughs> being yeah. unable to actually cut power to it without, you know, disassembling it is a real issue. 
One could um, argue that there was that, that that's a much much more insidious reason they did that, or one could also yeah. argue that it was just one of design and comfort. Yeah. And it's like hard to say. It doesn't really matter if it was insidious or yeah. not. That's a reality. It's kind of a por que no los dos situation, right? Yeah, totally. And so when now that we're talking about phones, here's another thing that's been near and dear. And I think you've seen some posts from me about this. Um, everybody really likes the convenience of things like biometrics, thumb authentication, fingerprint ID, facial identification, and Here's the reality of that. We know this already, and there's legal, this exists in legal space already. But the reality is, is that you can be coerced to provide yeah. biometric data against your will. So if yeah. your phone is authenticated to you with a fingerprint ID or your facial ID, they can pretty much say, you must give us your thumb to unlock this phone. Or mm -hmm. for that matter, frankly, they could hold the phone in front of your face in certain circumstances, even against your will, and it will unlock the device. And that is considered not a violation of your rights. So for okay. example... If you had a long, strong password on the phone, they cannot coerce you to give that up because that would be a violation of your own rights and Fifth Amendment, which is interesting. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, one could also argue that in certain circumstances where there's a lot of cameras that are not necessarily watching everything you do, that you could also consider that passphrases could be dangerous, like say in an airport, because all those cameras could see you plugging in your passcode. So it's a matter of if, when, and where, right? So what's the right solution at the best time? But I would say that if you right. were going to be in a place that was contentious, um, it is almost always better to make sure you do not allow for any biometric authentication on the device. Yes, I never like never turn on. Don't even like ever have had it in the like. Ideally, you have never turned on facial recognition on your phone. Like even if you like deactivate it, I. I don't know. I I don't I I really that was that was one of the first I used to be in tech journalism, right? Obviously, I'm not an expert on any of this, but like the 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 worst thing in terms of like my personal comfort with devices was when they were like everything's going to read faces and fingerprints now. Like, I don't I don't love that. Um, but you know, it's it's inevitable, right? Cuz it is and I had in the past I I did a fingerprint unlock earlier in my life and I do not have any devices that unlock that way anymore but you do like the, it is more convenient right you miss it when you need to get to your phone quickly and you can't do it but like I don't even I don't even let my phone have just like a four phrase like password anymore like it's eight characters for me it's a little bit of a pain in the ass but it comes with fewer risks and one of the things that's challenging to every individual is they have to look at what their threat profile is right, right. so like for example um, soccer mom driving her kids to school and stuff, she might be really good, well off with a biometric authentication on her phone, frankly. Yeah. Because if she didn't use that, maybe she wouldn't even use a proper four-character passphrase. And if she's not concerned about being at a protest, for example, and having some authoritarian take her phone away from her and authenticate to it, maybe she doesn't need to worry about that. But for a lot of us and the worlds we live in, that's a different risk profile, right? We got to think about what our risks are as individuals and what makes sense. So, if your passphrase is going to be one, two, three, four, or use a thumbprint ID, for most people, they'd be better with the thumbprint ID. But for someone like myself, no, it's not a good idea. Yeah. And that's, um, yeah, I, I think that kind of brings us to uh, probably the, the last part of this, which is, um, do you have specific advice on like VPNs? Um, obviously, I recommend everybody use Signal. I, I, I just, for messages in general, but like especially stuff that is secure, don't. If you if you like number one first rule of of any kind of this sort of security, don't ever put anything on your phone ever that's legally questionable if you can avoid it. Like conversationally, like right, do not don't send it over a phone if it's something you would not be able to survive having read to you in a courtroom. <laughs> yeah. So for the audience, a lot of the audience may not know what Signal even is, right? So yeah. Signalism is a is a text messaging alternative so like for example on your phone you've got regular text or if you've got an iphone you've got iMessage. signal is an end-to-end -end encrypted solution that you install as an app and because it's end-to-end -end encryption it means that it passes the wire in theory not decryptable by the parties that are passing the data packets in the middle so that's a man in the middle the decryption right so for example <clears throat> iMessage is encrypted theoretically end-to-end -end, but apple ultimately has the cryptographic keys so there is while they might say one thing there is nothing really preventing them from being man in the middle and being able to read the message in transit from A to B. But if the keys are stored on your device, which are then protected with your passphrase or whatever your authentication mechanism is, and those keys are not archived or kept by some hierarchical man in the middle authority, if it's done right, which signal is done pretty well, 
it means that your data in transit is probably not decryptable. And that's why Signal is a good solution. And it's a good one for the average person. Install the app. It works just like text messaging, but you can have a pretty good level of knowledge that the data you're passing is not being decrypted or caught in transmission or in the path. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. So I, I would say get get signal. Um, it's it's your best bet, right? Like, and again, we said I said you know you don't want to ever say anything over a phone that is something that could get you in trouble. But also, like life is life, and that's not always realistic for people in certain situations. So again, signal is your best bet. Nothing is perfect, and again, if you're putting it on your phone, there's a number of things that could go wrong every single time you do that. But um, that that's one of your better things that you could do. And then of course we talk about VPNs. Yeah. So, so VPN to those, like, I'm just going to go with the basic levels because I don't necessarily know the level of knowledge that people are listening. VPN is a virtual private network. So yes. what that is, is you connect to this virtual private network and it passes your data through an encrypted tunnel to an exit point somewhere else on the internet. In theory, masking the source and origin of your uh, requests. So like, for example, Let's say you were looking up something on the internet that you didn't necessarily want people to know you're looking up. Yeah, like let's say you're researching the truth about the assassination of President John F. Kennedy by Bernard Montgomery Sanders. Um, and you know that the NSA is looking for truth seekers who are who are finding out the reality of that situation. You know, you don't necessarily want them to know that you have have become pilled. Right. So if you were to do this from your computer at home. What would happen is to people that don't know how this all works, you would be coming from an IP address that's associated with your account that you're connecting to, whether it's Verizon or Comcast or whatever, and you go and search up that truth, and the NSA finds you with a keyword search for JFK and the truth, and therefore, because of that keyword search, they go to Comcast or to Verizon and say, hey, we are requesting you tell us who did this search they will get them essentially a request that's a legal request for information. And then Comcast or Verizon will provide the NSA 
This is the IP address and account of the person that did that. What VPN does is you connect to the VPN service first. The connection from your machine to the VPN service is then encrypted. Now, does the VPN service know your IP address? Yes. But when you actually type in that information or go to the internet to request that data, it actually goes through the VPN's private tunneling network and egresses from somewhere else on the internet, thus masking your actual IP address and, in theory, your origin of source. Now, this, that's not 100% true. But what that does is mean that if someone, if, say, the NSA wanted to know who was doing this truth search, they would then find an IP address that actually came out of, let's say, Joe's VPN service. Mm-hmm. And they would have to go to Joe's VPN service and go, we noticed this emanated from your network. Who did this? At that point, you have to trust Joe's VPN service to not disclose their account information about you. Mm-hmm. So what you've done is you've changed it. We know that telecoms will communicate with the government or whoever if they need to. They always will. Yes. They have to. You don't necessarily know if Joe's VPN service will. You've changed your trust model from your telecom to your VPN service. So if you're going to pick a VPN, you have to do a little bit of research to know that it's a trustworthy resource that won't just give you up at the lightest form of uh, interrogation. Yeah. And none of them, again, there's nothing perfect. And often like we did find out, what was it last year that one popular VPN was like run by the feds? Like, it's yeah, yeah, that's not an impossible thing. Um, I know a lot of folks, particularly journalists use Proton, um, which is, I think, based in Switzerland, and you will get given up if you if the Swiss government is angry at you, right? <laughs> you brought up a very good point. Yeah. Uh, services that, ex- that exist outside of the CONUS, the continental yeah. U.S., mean that they are under different legal mm-hmm. jurisdiction than ones that exist wholly within the CONUS. Yeah. So as a result, if something from the United States government comes as a request to the Swiss company, there's a much like, like higher yeah. chance that a Swiss company would be like, we don't really care about your request. Yeah, so that's worth considering. Yeah. Also think about this. This actually works in reverse and I don't want to get too deep into this, but when you're working at a tier one internet backbone provider, you should know that sometimes traffic strangely gets pushed offshore and then back to the United States for analysis that would normally be, let's say, not necessarily constitutionally legal in the United States. Yeah. So there's a lot of shenanigans going on. Yeah. And again, like I think Proton's generally a pretty good service. I've had no problems with it. Um, but we should be clear here. None of these are perfect solutions. There is no perfect solution. The only perfect method of digital security is not putting things on the Internet or like through, you know, mobile networks and stuff like that is if it stays between you and someone else, um, that is your best bet of it not being you know intercepted or something a conversation that you have in the woods without phones anywhere near you is the most secure kind of conversation (laughs) let me second on proton i agree it's a good service there are others out there we're not trying to pick on one in particular or pick Mm -hmm. against anyone in particular either there's a bunch that work yeah another thing that you need to consider in this sort of thing is also what you're dealing with like so for example on i put up a post a while back because there was a bunch of stuff going on in ukraine with with people posting photos that got their locations oh, to yeah. and bad things happen. I mean, that's and that has been happening for a decade in that war, like almost, well, almost a decade, as long as it's been going on. And I posted something about it. And one of the recommendations I made on there was a contentious one, but I'm going to back it up in a minute. As I use, I, I mentioned Tor, the onion relay. So the Tor is essentially a, it was originally created as a, as a way to deal with the the dark web, quote unquote, and to also relay traffic in a way to mask the origins, very much like a VPN service. Now, there are a bunch of these. So what it was is there's these onion relay nodes all over the internet. And when you connect to to the onion network, your traffic bounces through three, four, five, six, seven of these nodes. You can sort of dictate what you want, depending on the client you have. And so let's say you connect to an onion router network node in Arizona, and then you egress somewhere in France, and you've jumped through six nodes in the process. Well, one of the things that's a well-known fact is that a number of these onion relay routing nodes are owned by nation state actors, whether it's the United States or others. So so one of the things I got taken to task for, and I want to explain this, is people are like, well, that's a compromised network. It doesn't mean that it's useful. Actually, it does, because depending on what you're trying to do may matter. If you're trying to mask the origin of your data source or your upload or your search for a short duration of time, 
this will still help. You jump through six nodes, they've got to relay back six nodes to figure out the origin of the person connecting to the relay network. And that's assuming that there was a compromised node in the process. So yeah, that means if you're passing data through a compromised node, does that mean the data in transit is safe? No, but is the is the anonymity of the origin of the poster safer for a longer duration of time? Yes. So these things get really complex real fast. And this is, again, one of the best things you can do because there's no single perfect solution, but stacking. So not just going through Tor, but also Tor into VPN at the same time. And you're, you, I think one of the better ways to think about security is kind of the way Sebastian Younger describes how insurgent war works, which is it's all about creating friction for anybody trying to spy on your shit. There's no perfect answer, but the more things you can make be a pain in the ass, the better your odds that you will not have an issue, right? Like that's all you can do is make it potentially more annoying and more difficult for for whoever might be looking, right? Like it, it the, the more friction you cr can create, broadly speaking, the more secure you're going to be. Absolutely. Now, another thing to think about, and I get, we're getting kind of deep in the weeds here. This is above and yeah. beyond the average person, right? The average person, get a password manager. Don't use your same password yes. everywhere and don't use biometrics unless you're forced, mm -hmm. like pretty much have to and move on with your life. But yeah. once you're beyond the average person, this is what we're talking about now. So like if you're, if you have a computer and you use it as your normal day-to-day -day operating system, talking to your friends, doing dot, 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 but then also need to do something else a little more privacy inclined, you should not trust that device. So at that point, your web browser may have <clears throat> all sorts of cookies and metadata and storage in it that even if you're going through a VPN, still may be able to reveal your identity, as well as MAC addresses and other stuff. So if you really want to get pretty into the weeds with this, you have to do something like use an ephemeral operating system install that has no <laughs> legacy data on it. One example of that, that is it's a Linux-based one, it's called Tails. You essentially use it like a live USB drive. You boot off of that only, or you use a machine dedicated for this, and you burn the OS down every time you're done because there's no legacy information or data that can be pulled out of your web browser or your cookies or your Mac address information that can associate it with you, regardless of if you've done everything right to mask your IP address of origin. God, that's the hot girl shit. Um, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you, when you're doing that kind of stuff. Um, and again, I think at this point, I think up through most of this, it's been kind of like 50, 50 people being like, that's too much. And people being like, okay, yep, this is exactly what I already am or need to be doing. Um, this is probably very few people need to be concerned about that sort of thing. But, um, you know, it, it, it is, I, I've no, I know, like, again, I worked at Bellingcat. Um, I had a number of colleagues who were like personal enemies of the Russian state <laughs> who <laughs> had to do stuff like this. Um, and it's, you know, paranoia. I mean, and here's the thing going above. So again, like if you're a normal person, you probably don't need to be, you know, doing, uh, stacking a VPN, you know, getting signal and all this stuff, but also why not? Right. Like there's no harm in, in the additional security. It is a little bit frustrating. But here's one of the things I think people don't often think about enough. You're not engaging in that kind of security stuff purely because there's a threat now, but in part because you don't know what the future is going to bring. And one of the things that I would point out for that is a lot of people right now have been having for years conversations about a thing that may soon legally be murder on a federal level, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, abortion, right? And so it is possible that overnight, an awful lot of conversations, a bunch of people have had legally will suddenly be very illegal conversations. And then you may be glad that you took greater care with your, your personal security prior to that point. Yeah, I mean, like, so think of the, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not a person that menstruates, but a menstruation tracking app is very useful to a lot of people who do. Yeah. And those tracking apps now, that metadata in there at some point could be extremely dangerous or, or, or criminalizing, well, incriminating, excuse me, to someone who uh, otherwise was doing nothing more than trying to maintain their natural health. And so that is a really dangerous concept. So at this point, I mean, within the United States, I hate to say this, those apps are probably dangerous to the individual because that data could be easily used by a government resource to, uh, to do something bad to someone who's done nothing wrong. So I think we should move. I mean, at this point, I think we've covered the bases that you could kind of responsibly the advice you can responsibly give someone in a podcast and, and folks 
should it be able to hey, let, let me throw one thing out real quick okay so okay. I, you mentioned like for example we don't you don't necessarily have the risk vector that requires using vpn or signal yeah. but let me say this way back when gosh when i was doing crypto work decades ago i was a by, by which you mean cryptography and not we should specify these days Oh yeah, excuse me, cryptography, yeah, encryption yeah, work. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I had the opportunity to work with Phil Zimmerman of PGP, and actually PGP, pretty good privacy, which mm -hmm. was one of the fundamental uh, security project or projects way back when, was actually written for human rights violations. He wrote it because people were doing research of like warlords were getting their laptops taken away and then finding out who spoke to them and getting people killed. So PGP was like this human rights thing right from the beginning, and cryptography back when I was young and naive, I always thought to myself, this is what we need. This is the future. When everyone gets proper crypto, we'll blind the government, we'll blind the corporations. <laughs> We're going to have this crypto anarchist future where the yeah. government and corporations can't get us. And the reality is most of that got usurped. And the yeah. truth is cryptography is too hard for most people to use. And as a result, we don't. But here's what I will say. The more people that do something simple like use Signal or use a VPN just to browse the internet, not because they're doing anything nefarious, just because they're privacy like conscious, yeah, because makes fuck it, them. No, it makes it normalized. And that means that the person that's using it because they need to for like, let's say, to protect human rights, yeah. doesn't stick out like a needle in the haystack because everybody's already doing something sane in the first place. Normalizing proper privacy and cryptography is better for everyone. Yes, yes, absolutely agreed. Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If if you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is a nice segue because you were just talking about the past and how beautiful and bright it seemed. Um, let's talk about what you see as kind of the future of info security threats. Well, I mean, so there's so many levels to that. First of all, if we're talking nation state level, I personally strongly believe that all of the big players have already compromised everyone's networks. Oh, yeah. There's, Everybody's I mean, got everybody. There's we a got million Russia. Zero Russia's got there, us. Right? China's yeah. got us. We got China. Anybody right now could go in and pretty much fuck up the grid on someone else like that. Yeah. And there's a, yeah. 
and that's not actually the least that's that's safer than other possibilities like because there is a level of of mutually assured destruction there where it's like yeah man russia could take down the grid but like that wouldn't be good for them and vice versa you know yeah no true so the reality is though everybody's in everybody's network those Mm -hmm. days are over um uh when it comes to the individual and i'm gonna have a I, the audience, there might be people in the audience that feel differently, and it still doesn't mean that we don't try. So one of the things I want to say is you're going to hear some skepticism here because I've been doing this career for a long time, and I've seen things go wrong more than right. And so in that regard, this is going to sound kind of cynical. But when it comes to the idea of individual privacy, in my opinion, with the exception of when you're taking a very active effort in something very specific that you want to keep private, because that's something you're working on personally. The reality is individual privacy is dead and gone, and we're just starting to smell that corpse. Um, Whether it is credit card data transactions, your cell phone history, your phone numbers, what you've done on the internet, what you've done on social media or not done on social media, whether you have an account on Facebook or not, doesn't even matter. The metadata and the trail you're leaving behind you is all aggregated, all of it behind big data corporations, all of it compromised, all of it searchable. Even stuff the government has on you has been sold to large corporations because I can tell you that some of the data that they kept for, like, let's say, DMV or MVD, they decided to sell it off to a corporation and they themselves access it through a third party when doing research on you. So all of that big data, there's a law of physics. The more you aggregate, the more it'll get compromised. Um, Jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the truth. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, you're 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 like it's this uh there's this frustration because i I can remember the days when the the privacy hounds and i don't say that in a negative term were like warning everybody about hey you don't want to be aggregating all of these different social media things together hey you don't want to be using all of these services hey there's actually some like real downsides to like all of what's happening like part of why things are so cheap on amazon is you know that that your data there is is one of the assets that they have and um, those people were absolutely right, and they they lost harder than anyone has ever lost at anything. <laughs> like That's true. So, like when yeah. I was back there at that company doing all that cryptography work, mm-hmm. we were trying to give crypto like to the average general population mm-hmm. of the internet. I had this, like I said, this naive view of like the future that was going to be yeah. this place where we're going to have the internet where everyone was connected, and it was going to be not only would we have personal privacy through cryptography, but we would be able to transfer information to one another in a way that would make the the shenanigans impossible. Well, to some degree, that's been true. We've seen some of that. But to another degree, we also have Snowden dropping the bomb on revelations about what the government has done to the individual and how they've broken the law with all of our privacy and data. And what came of that? A man in exile in Russia and pretty much fucking nothing. Yeah. Right? Nothing. And um, I was sitting at a DEF CON presentation where General Alexander was on the screen talking about what they weren't doing while Snowden was dropping revelations, proving him to be lying. And nothing comes of it, right? Nothing really comes of it. And one of the things that's so real, and so whether it's the tribal level, your neighbors across the street, or the internet tribe, we as a people in the aggregate are always willing to give up our rights to something bigger for convenience. And we've done that. And it's called Facebook and Twitter. And social media, and in the process, what was going to be an amazing resource has become the trap. Uh, it's such a, I, it, it's because you know, I, you know, Garrison, I, I, my, my friend who is much younger than me, um, has grown up with the internet being, being what it is now, right? Like this, this kind of like nightmare trap, you know, that that's sucking us all in this like giant squid that has us in its tentacles. Um, and it's, I get, I sometimes like dissociate talking with them about certain internet things because in my heart, it's still the promised land. Yeah. I wish I, I guess my, I, I wish I felt that way. It doesn't feel like that way to me anymore, to be honest. I, don't I mean, it's, it's hard. not right. Like, in, yeah. uh, I mean that in like, sort of, I have this, I don't know. I've never entirely been able to like, let go of the vision of like, oh, it could have been, there's so many things that could have been. Um, well, it's like, you know, it's like all technology, anything can be yeah. weaponized. Right. Right. And like an AR-15 can be used for good or for evil. A yep. knife can be used to make a beautiful meal or to commit a murder. Right. And the Internet is technology and it has been weaponized. It's been weaponized against us. 
But at the same time, if we just turn a blind eye to it and then not learn how to use this technology to our advantage, we're allowing them to do that unabated. And that's where like the kind of hacker mindset comes from, which is like, how do I make this thing do what I want it to do for me while not letting someone else do it for them? And unless we take control of the technology for ourselves, like I said earlier, normalizing using Signal and even basic VPN and cryptography, then we're just giving it up. We're not even making it a challenge. We're just like, here you go, have it. And uh, that's something that I think that's more important as a community, maybe as people grow up on the internet versus seeing it becoming something that I saw become something, <clears throat> maybe either A, they'll just accept, which I hope isn't the case, that the reality is privacy is dead, or maybe they'll approach the internet differently than say someone of my age did, where frankly, we kind of messed up and we didn't realize that Primrose Path was actually a trap. And that's a like that was a mistake. And maybe we can kind of like evolve beyond that. But like you were asking, where is InfoSec going now? I I don't have good notes for that. Like when I first started working in the career, it really felt like a great thing. We were doing important stuff. We were doing DDoS mitigation. We were going into hospitals and making sure that insulin pumps weren't compromised as a DDoS host. Believe it or not, hospitals are InfoSec nightmares. And we were doing stuff that felt good. And then later in the career, I realized, wait a minute, I'm not doing anything to secure anybody's personal information or make the internet safer. I was just protecting some corporate coffer. And the reality was that the private information that we were supposedly protecting, the debate would turn into calls, which was, what's more expensive, losing the data or the lawsuit for losing the data? Mm -hmm. Literally, those were the conversations in corporations. And those are the conversations that corporations have now about each and every one of our personal information. Now, when you when you think about, because so I obviously I'm in a different uh, was in a different field, but when I was doing a lot of the research on terrorism that I was doing, I had these things that were like sort of the this kind of attack is going to happen at some. Point. I feel that very much about like um drones. There's going to be like a mass killing of of civilians not in a war zone, by a civilian weaponized drone at some point in the not-too-distant future. It's going to happen. It's going to be done. It's absolutely an inevitability. Yep. Um, that kind of stuff. Do you, what are When you think about kind of the, the digital equivalence of that, like what are you looking towards? Well, I agree with you about the drone. Like you can see oh, stuff. Oh, God, you, yes, you, yes. You plot, the, you plot the dots and you know what's going to occur, right? It's, yes. it's, not, it's not possible to avoid. We've yeah. unleashed that out of the cage and it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, quite honestly, I think we're seeing it already. We're seeing yeah. we're seeing the level of privacy invasion that I don't think people already know has happened. Like I know some of us realize that and we talk about it and we rant about it, but like mm -hmm. I don't think people realize the level of the incursion that has occurred to the point where all of this data aggregated to the point they know what toilet paper you prefer to buy. Like yeah. I'm talking like people like Facebook knowing that. Um yeah. Or the size of the corporate oligarchy that controls the internet, whether it's the small, like Alphabet Corp, Facebook, Apple, Microsoft's becoming a smaller player, weirdly. But when you think about those big names, they kind of like control everything and every piece of data about you and everything you move and say. That, I think, I think what's the end of that? I don't think we're got to the end game of that, but I don't know how we roll it back. And that's yeah. the thing. So what's the prediction? My prediction is it's going to get worse and yeah. we're going to get to the point where there isn't room to move without that surveillance tracking you. And like, so for example, you think of things like sci-fi minority report, you walk to the mall and there's facial ID happening everywhere you go with targeted advertising at the mall. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's coming. I guarantee yes. you that's coming. And <clears throat> all of that's happening already. And that facial recognition stuff that's going on is happening currently now. We're just not that aware of it happening. The, the cop car is driving down the road and every license plate is being measured with the cameras being OCR, optical character recognition. And that's coming back and they're tracking every car they're driving by on the highway, even though there's not a GPS unit on your car. The ability to not be tracked will soon be impossible. How's yes. that? Yeah, I mean, allegedly... When I was younger, there were like certain stupid, petty crimes I would commit just because like people will not be able to do this in the future. 
and I have a moral responsibility to steal the light bulbs from in front of this bar and throw them at my friends. <laughs> like one, one day that will be a thing that people can't do without getting caught. And so like I just I had to, you know. There are like some bright spots because I, I I think you're absolutely right. There's no on like a broader scale. There's no turning back the clock for stuff like facial recognition and how fucked up it's going to get. There are states like where I live in Oregon, where like they have passed laws that are just like you public facial recognition is not a thing that is legal in this state. Um, and I definitely support more attempts like that, because, again, anything you can do to stymie them, to reduce the spread of the grid, to re reduce the profitability of these things, even though it's, again, overall a doomed cause. Right. Um yeah, I don't it's know. I mean, I, I obviously I, I think that that's a good law, but I don't know yeah. that laws stop corporations when no. corporations have more power than law. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I, I mean, obviously you can you can ban it for police to use and stuff, which does something to the extent that, you know, they follow the law. But um, none of this is I don't know, like I that's one of the things that makes me most depressed about the future is the thought that like. The the space for and this is not like a major issue, I guess, but like the space for kids to just like fuck around and do dumb shit when they're 19 is going to get so much smaller. I mean, I would say I mean, I think the thing is, like, as a natural human being, whether you're doing anything wrong, even if you're not doing anything wrong, the nature to feel like you have a private space that's to you yeah. or a private community space. I'm not even talking about wrong or right here. We're just talking about just that feeling that at this moment, this is my space where I'm not. Mm -hmm being watched is a natural healthy need of a, the human orgasm or yeah. organism um and <laughs> interesting yeah. uh yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah but no it's it's a it's a human need and i think we're going to find those spaces become smaller and smaller and i think when you said what's your prediction i hate to say it but i think the prediction is it will become impossible to not be tracked now yes the bright side of that the bright side of that maybe maybe there's a bright side Maybe at some point when that's the reality, it could somehow also affect the people that are powerful and the people that are small. And we all realize that humans yeah. are humans. And therefore, the failings that sometimes we have as all human beings, we just kind of acknowledge it and be like, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. that's just what people do. Like maybe yeah. we just realize people are people. But the idea that there's never going to be a space to not get tracked, I don't know, to me, I find darkly disturbing. It is disturbing. I do think kind of to pivot off of what you were saying, the other aspect of that that is more positive is that all of this stuff, all of this surveillance shit, um, or at least not all, but quite a bit of it is, you know, it, 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 in a way, it's like a knife fight. There's no way that both parties don't get cut. And, you know, the ones wielding the knife might get cut less, but they're still going to get cut. And part of what that means in this situation is that the the prevalence of all of these different ways to surveil and track also allows us to track that in the same way that like police law enforcement watches people through their phones, but also a hell of a lot of cops are getting filmed doing fucked up shit now, right? No, like, that's a, that's a great. It does cut both ways. Right? Yep, now again, absolutely. the the balance of the cuts I don't think is going to be work out in our favor, but it's not going to be nothing on them either. And 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 you're right. I think there are. There are some things that we will learn in the future about the people in power in the world that would it wouldn't have been possible for us to learn in the past or may not be possible even right now. Um, and and that could be beneficial. And if we learn that about people in power, then they can't weaponize it as much against the people that aren't in power. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing that I'm because I, I, I'm thinking a lot about the fact that a bunch of folks in the uh, reproductive health care industry have pointed out that uh, right wingers have started using drones uh to follow people home from like planned parenthoods and follow them to their cards to like build databases of the people who are going to places to potentially like do that kind of reproductive health care that these folks don't think should exist um the other side of it though is that um it is also possible to surveil them um and it will be possible to track the people doing that sort of thing. And it will be possible to do that in terms of like legal accountability. And it will be possible to do that for the people who embrace uh, questionably legal tactics for for frustrating those efforts um, or illegal tactics for frustrating those efforts. They have access to the same technology. Um, and again, it's it's it is a knife that will cut everybody. Um, and I guess that's better than just one person getting cut in this situation. 
that's that's the concern I have, right? I agree with that. Like I said, technology goes, it's a weapon and it's weaponized in all directions, depending on how you use it for good or for bad. And so this is the same place I come to when it comes to the gun control argument. I mean, yeah, are there things yeah. we can do? <laughs> we did get to guns. No, no, but no, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, the same. No, the reason yeah, yeah, I'm saying yeah, no, it's I the agree, same yeah. problem, right? Because mm-hmm. if we allow only one side to have all of the control and power and understanding of the technology, then we at ourselves are at a huge deficit. We cannot defend ourselves or fight back. So when it comes to this kind of data and technology, knowing the basic fundamentals of what you can do to protect yourself, understand the reality of what the surveillance state or corporation is, and then doing your best to not make it easy for them is at least one step forward. But if we don't own this technology, if we don't own the tech, someone else will, and they will use it against us. It's as simple as that. And like, there's super simple stuff. Like I was going to bring this up, but like, you can't see video because it's a podcast, but like there's these cool glasses from Dr. O called Reflecticles that I'm showing you, Robert. And mm-hmm. they look like regular sunglasses, but when you put them on, they do, they reflect IR light and actually mess with cameras in a way that your turns your giant face into a ball of light. That's so you awesome. can wear these, you can wear, they're called Reflecticles. You can wear yeah. them and just walk around the mall and all the cameras get blown out by your, by your glasses. Like See, doing that just because you can is kind of fun. That's the hot shit. That's yeah. the shit I was promised that that at least does exist. It's not everything I had hoped it would be in terms of its ability, but it is like that kind of stuff rules. And I will be picking up a pair of those. Um, well, we should probably close out. I did want to note because I mentioned this. Um, I got something a little wrong when I was talking about the facial recognition ban. Um, it is an, an, an ordinance in the city of Portland itself. Um, it's the first city that has done this, and it prohibits the use of public facial recognition technology by all private businesses in the city. Um, so that is the scope of the ban that, ban that exists in Portland. I recommend looking it up. It is the kind of thing that I, I would support everyone pushing for in their city. Because, um, again, the more holes you can make in this thing, the better. Yeah, I don't want to put that down. That's a good thing. But the challenge yeah. of this is, just like I mentioned earlier, moving the data out of the CONUS and back. Mm-hmm. The minute photos from like I take my iPhone and scan the crowd and then put that picture up on the internet, yeah, it's not under their jurisdiction, and all that of facial course. recognition yep. happens on every face in that. Yep, photo. yep. And that is again, we'll we'll do another episode at some point about things that you can do to just get like there. That's a whole different bag of tricks. Um, but this has been really useful and really valuable. Carl, do you want to plug anything before we roll out here? Uh, not much. That's my normal thing. If you're interested in this kind of content, but with a more firearms oriented thing, you can find me at inrange.tv. But you'll also find some information security stuff there as well. I cover that intermittently when it applies to both topics. So if you, if you, um, even if you disagree, but appreciate my approach to this, come check me out. I appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, check out Carl, check out inrange TV and continue to listen to podcasts because the only thing that will save us is podcasts that doesn't seem right but good for business it could happen here is a production of cool zone media for more podcasts from cool zone media visit our website coolzonemedia.com or check us out on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts you can find sources for it could happen here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com sources thanks for listening Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 